Hello everybody, this is Kirk Peterson speaking, and I'm publicly shaming myself for my horrible time management skills, as this episode was recorded February 9th of 2018, and it was officially posted April 15th of 2018. Yeesh. This is the official spoiler warning. If you have not seen this movie, please, please watch it before we absolutely ruin it for you, because boy, we will ruin it for you. Peterson. And I'm Alex Potterbaum. And we're here today with Pots versus Peas. The marvelous moron. Oh yes, a little bit of vain. Yes. Uh, right yes. To remind everybody, this is a podcast between uh, myself and Alex here. And we're here discussing the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, uh, Potterbaum happens to be a big fan of this series. Absolutely. And I happen to not be as big of a fan, and we decided it was uh, kind of cool uh, to get our uh, writing chops and review and speaking k- skills in uh, line, uh, talking about each one of these movies every week on our way to Avengers uh, Infinity War, which we're both uh, pretty excited about. Yep, it's going to be a big musical number, everybody. We're all stoked. Every single scene, every single where the action scenes are supposed to be will be a musical number. It's going to be like Hamilton, where literally every single bit of dialogue is a musical form. That's Why all Hamilton? it's going to be. Why can't we have it be like Book of Mormon, where I it don't pisses know. Book off? Book of Mormon has like, Book of Mormon has like some like regular talking parts, and then they have the musical parts where it's like Hamilton's like literally all the conversations are in, like in song form. Oh, is it more of a uh, an yes. opera than a musical? I didn't know that. Well, I, I guess if, uh, if you want to go with opera, sure. Well, that, I mean, that's what a true difference between an opera and a musical is. Opera, they're singing the well, whole time, and musicals, they stop well, to talk. The more you know. Yeah. Turns out Hamilton is an opera, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no fat lady that's in The musical, the musical was more of an opera than it was a musical as well. Uh, hmm. If you remember back when we were in high school doing that show... Uh, one yep. of the one of the people was like, "It's more of a okay." Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah not, we're done. We're, we're no. off topic now. No. Today we have the special pleasure to talk about the big Gambino. This is the Avengers. <sighs> uh, this one I very much remember uh, going to see this movie. Uh, you yep. came back, uh, and we celebrated. By all dressing up and going to the Merle Hay Theater uh, down by, you know, in Urbandale at the Merle Hay Mall, uh, which was yep. at that time the biggest screen other than IMAX uh, in Des Moines. Yeah, and this movie was a huge event for like so many reasons, um, but like it had never really been done before in movie form. So this in general was like, yeah, we were excited. Like, so it was like the entire country. Like, it wasn't even like, you know, we liked it because we're nerds. Everybody was ready for this movie. Yes, I remember the one person that like took this movie to heart the most was very surprising. It ended up being like Andy, who ended up really enjoying this movie and like doing a bunch of research and like 
a, a Marvel fan was born uh, seeing this movie, it seemed like. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You didn't even remember he was there as uh, Nick Fury? I do remember that, yeah. That, that was uh, pretty I imagine great. everything. That was pretty great. You went as Captain America? Yep. I went as Tony Stark, and that one was awesome because I cut a hole into, like, a sweater vest. I found a sweater vest at Goodwill, and then we just attached a closet light to my chest. Yeah, so you had a little, a bunch like, of, like, glowy middle thing. Yeah. Y- yep, we, and we just duct-taped it all over, so that that was my Iron Man suit. And yeah, we had some was. people. Some people were, like, in, like, really good costume. Mine was not good. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like your costume was the best. Maybe, um, what's his name? Uh, was Hawkeye. His costume uh, was probably a little better. Yeah, I don't know. His was, like, somewhat mildly. I don't remember what that guy's name was either. Like, somebody, yeah, also, somewhat. Also, our other friend. Yeah, our other friend, who we also conveniently don't remember their name, dressed up as Black Widow, which was also, uh slightly uh, authentic yeah like all the people who weren't awesome authentic and we just got lazy and we just like eh, <laughs> Ethan whatever. put on a green short and purple uh, stretchy pants athletic pants and just had Hulk pants did he even uh, yeah, he just had the Hulk pants he's like I'm the Hulk whatever <laughs> I, he, got, he got green face paint on his face too so that, oh, that I don't remember that. Cool. I thought he just said, like, the pants and then, like, the shirt and the whole can. It's like, I'm the Hulk. That's it. Like, <laughs> uh, that was, oh, my, that was so much fun. Uh, one of the best times. That, I, yeah, that was a blast. Uh, I could, Michael wore a suit and just, like, I'm Agent Coulson. And, like, he didn't even kinda, know who that was. Nobody knew no, who that was. No, I mean, was. <laughs> we, you kind of knew who he was. Like, he had, like, he was, like, we, I remembered him way more from back then than re-watching this. I barely remember Phil Coulson. He's, like, barely in the movie. But I remember him being like, oh, man, Phil Coulson, yeah. And then, like, you know, spoilers for this movie. When he dies, I was like, no. But here I, I'm see, like, I have the opposite there. reaction. I have the opposite reaction. I didn't remember or I ever care about Phil Coulson until I watched this movie. And then I go back and watch the old ones. It's like, oh, he was in there the whole time. I didn't even yeah, notice. Yeah, he was like the connective thread, like that helped show that all these were in the same universe because he kept being the same person. Um, yeah. they do kind of the same thing in the Netflix movies um, with oh god, what's her name? Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson's character. Yep. Uh, the, so that's she's same the superhero. Ideas. She's a superhero nurse. Yeah, an actual nurse character from for, yeah, actual character from Luke Cage, um, yep. which I found out about and was like, oh, awesome! She's the best. She's like the Leslie Tompkins of the of the Marvel universe almost. You got to explain that to people because nobody knows who the hell that is. Yeah, see, that's a shame. Leslie Tompkins, to me, is one of the most important Batman characters that still hasn't gotten into any one of the movies. I would say Leslie yep. Tompkins, if Alfred is Batman's surrogate father after his parents' death, then Leslie Tompkins is his surrogate mother. And yeah, she is that important. And it's nuts that she hasn't shown up in a single movie yet. Uh, also, she's a doctor that worked with uh his father and uh works on batman's wounds whenever it's too unbearable or or out of uh alfred's league because alfred usually is the medic for batman but sometimes uh the punishment and the the wounds are too big for alfred to handle so you go to leslie Tompkins. yeah i i know who she is i just know other people don't back to avengers I, I don't know. Now I kind of just want to make a podcast all about Leslie Tompkins. 
Nah. No, we're not making a Leslie Tompkins podcast, man. Like, no, you do that at your own time. I'm not gonna Hashtag make, I'm, I don't. make Batman great again. We're gonna bring back Leslie Tompkins. And she no. is the greatest character. Okay, no? Alright. No, Alright. No, Let's get into this Avengers today. We're gonna switch it up a little bit and go on and uh do the bad uh stuff first rather than the good stuff. Um and we'll see we'll see where that goes and see why that may or may not be. But let's go on uh to the synopsis. Uh Kirk, uh do you have a synopsis written? Yes, I do. Okay, let's Are uh, you talking for yourself now? What uh, are you doing? <laughs> let's uh, let's get into the Avengers. Bum, While investigating the recent phenomenon of the Tesseract Cube, government agency Shield was attacked by the demigod known as Loki. And here, the director of S.H.I.E.L.D., Nick Fury, calls on Iron Man, Hulk, Captain America, Thor, and Black Widow and Hawkeye to assemble and protect mankind from the evil uh, species that uh, Loki works with. What are they called? Uh, it's just aliens. Really? They don't have an actual name? Ch- no, they... Yeah, it's the Chitari, but it's... Chitari, okay. So, from the evil Chitari. But will the newly like- linked heroes find the way to join forces and work as a team to save the world? Or will they fall apart from the dramatically different ideologies? This is the Avengers. So, there you go. Am I missing anything yep. from that synopsis? Um... Nope, don't think so. No, yeah. It's I mean, nope. this one is probably the most uh straightforward and easy of the bunch uh in terms of Yep, it's pretty much that yeah, pretty much kind all of these ju- people get together, uh they fight, they they like they have their problems and then they like go away, like, you know, save the day by being a team. Yep, that that's more or less just the gist. Um yep. you wanna go ahead and start with the bad? I if we're gonna start with the bad first, sure. Um, Alright, here we go. The bad. So, this cast is huge. Which, the fact that they could juggle it all is impressive. 100%. However, there are people that are left out um, and are awkward there. Hawkeye doesn't really do much of anything for most of the movie. He's, like, kind of mind-controlled. And then, like, all, like, you know... And then, and then he like gets like out. He loses mind control because somebody smashes his face into a metal pole. <laughs> That's how they <laughs> yeah. like. It's a, they're like, oh, you got a mental recalibration, which is basically we we messed up your brain and hit you so hard that like you like unconsciously like you knocked yourself out and like got a concussion that undid whatever happened. Whatever. So yeah, it's just like so, okay. Uh, I guess we can only fix all of our problems with this now. Yep, I guess, yeah, I guess we could smack, like, the way, if, like, if somebody's been, like, you know, doing something that, like, they don't think they usually do, you just take them and smash them into a metal, like, a metal railing. That's how you fix your problems, people. Um, and so it's just kind of goofy. But, so, like, he doesn't have anything to do, and that makes sense. The plot needs him to not be able to do anything. He's, like, taken from the beginning, whatever. Um, my real problem was Thor has nothing to do with this movie. He's yeah. just kind of there. I don't know why. Um, Joss Wayne, the director, uh, like, clearly as good as ensemble cast, and again, does a good job with it. He just kind of, like, like I, I legitimately, he has no purpose. He doesn't do anything for the story. He doesn't move it at all. He just exists. Like, he's there because Loki's there. His brother, like, a, like you know, adopted brother is there, and that's it. And also yeah. because he's supposed to be in there, because he's an adventure. And that's... Right. 
So it, it's kind of disappointing to see him not do anything. Like, you know, you'd want he's there and he has some fun lines. He does a fun action, but like plot wise, he literally has nothing to do. You could write him out and nothing would change. It seems like um, Thor is always the like odd man out of the whole group. Yeah, um, especially because he's not. Uh, I think Joss Whedon kind of didn't know what to do with him because yeah. he's not the funny character that Joss Whedon always likes to do. Right. Uh, and doesn't have, like, an easy comedy gag. So without that easy comedy gag that, like, all the other characters have, he kind of got left on the wayside. Um, is is it and, fair to say that uh, that problem might be more of a, of looking back at this movie now after seeing how he'll be treated in, uh, in the second Avengers movie? Thor's? Um, I don't remember how he's treating the second one. Well, I feel uh, like he has even less to do and is just kind of thrown to the side in this really awkward contrived yeah, Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So, again, like, I don't know, I think Joss Whedon knows what to do with him. Because um, yeah. other people know what to do with him, but they, he just kind of, like, is there and it's disappointing. Right, so, yeah. I wish he had done more. I wish he could have found a way to... You know, you probably could have, like, cut the time on a side character to, like, give him more time. Like, something. Like, just do something yeah, to work him like into it. Yeah, just, like, two minutes less with the waitress in the yeah, middle or, like, of the city. Or, or Robin Shrubotsky <laughs> from How I Met Your Mother. Like, would you, oh, like, you know... <laughs> I, I don't know. That might be one of my notes I made was, like, this movie doesn't have enough Maria Hill. I, I really she, enjoyed her. Either if you like, yeah, if you're gonna have her, give her more to do. She also kind of just shows up. She's like, oh, yeah. hey, she's great. It's it's Robin. You know, she's coming back for like um, from the Sandcastle to the Sand music video to like. I, do I think this. that's another problem that only kind of occurs in hindsight. I feel like if this was the first movie we saw her introduced and she's expanded on upon later, it'd be really great. But she, I don't, to my knowledge. If I remember correctly, she doesn't show up in a single movie after this, does she? She shows up in Avengers 2, I okay. think. Like, I mean, it's supposed to show barely. up in Avengers 3, but yeah, like, not really. Yeah. Um, she's just kind of a character that's there. It's like, oh, cool. Yeah. You, you want the How I Met Your Mother crowd. All right. Like, great. Um, so, yeah, she doesn't do much of anything. And she... then <clears throat> this is not necessarily a problem with the plot itself, uh, but after the Dark Knight in 2008 had the really great, <laughs> I had the really this exact great, same note. Had the re- had the really great twist of the villain who wants to get caught, and that turns into you know like you know it's like oh but he's like here and like he had this elaborate plan but he really wanted to get caught so then he could like you know do something without like people suspecting it was him or like have some other scheme up his sleeve, and it worked well in that movie. And then everybody saw that script and either was unconsciously or unconsciously thought, oh man, that's a really good idea. And then proceeded to do that. Like, yeah. it's just, and it, it works here be kind of in a weird way because all the heroes know he, like, he wanted to get caught for a reason. But nobody stops to think, you know what, hang on, he wanted to get caught for a reason because he wants to get taken here. And he knows all of our secrets because of, like he's like kidnapped other people. So why don't we take him somewhere? where nobody's going to expect us to take him. Like, yeah. why don't we just, like, stick him in a warehouse? We have enough firepower that we can stop him from doing what he, like, can do. And, like, you know, move the staff away from him. Like, why don't we do anything else instead of just, like, watch him, like, s- like sneer and, like, chuckle awkwardly and creepily in, the like, some glass case. Like, that's all they did. It's like, you guys aren't very smart. Like, he's winning because you literally let him win. 
Yeah. You didn't get yeah. like bamboozled like in The Dark Knight or like some of those other movies that do that plot better. That's a good you point. Like, I never get... really thought about that. Like they they knew he was up to something and didn't do anything to counter him. Yeah, exactly. Like in The Dark Knight, they don't know he's up to something. They thought they caught him legitimately and then right. he breaks out and like, you know, does all this problem and you're like, oh no, oh my God, that's so crazy. But like, yeah, like it took the entire time here, they're like, oh yeah, he's up to something. And like mm-hmm. they even call him like crazier than a bag full of cats. Like they know he's crazy and right. then do literally nothing to stop him. Like yeah. at all. That That is slightly silly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's goofy. So um, that's all I've got actually. I just have two. All right, right on. Um, so yeah, my, one of my points was exactly that the villain purposely getting captured and, and Dark Knight was becoming a weird cliche, uh, solely in 2012 of all years. You know what other movie did that? That came out the Skyfall. same year? Skyfall did the exact same thing. And yep. Skyfall also, was, was less abashful about it being a blatant ripoff though. Like this yeah. one at least changed it a little bit. Yeah, that one was just a, it was just, I like that movie, but man, that was a straight up knockoff. Yes. Um, a lot of things in that movie was a straight up knockoff. Um, uh, we, we're not going to talk about that though. I, the, uh, there's two lines in this movie that makes me like, I wouldn't say angry, but I just, I hate these two lines every time I hear them. It's, um, the, I'm always angry line. That's my secret. Romanoff, I am always angry. I always thought that was the dumbest thing because it's like clearly that isn't the case because you accidentally turned into Hulk earlier in this movie. I, I, I'll stick up for that line a little bit. Yeah, it's not the greatest. Um, but I think it's more of that he's not like y- you can't never be angry if that makes sense. Sure. Like throughout your life, especially, you don't have like especially in his lifetime where he's always on the run. And right, it's always and like his in, interacting with stupid people and all that stuff. Yeah, his level of stress and all that has changed. Um, they've actually done studies about like, you know, people who like, you know, it's usually people who have like had some like huge life change that theoretically should take, you know, away from them. Um, and your your mind ends up readjusting to how life is. Um, I think sure. it was can't remember what it was. I, I'm gonna guess. I'm sure I'm wrong. I'm gonna guess it was on amputees. Um, And it was like, the idea was essentially that, you know, instead of being like constantly depressed because they can't walk, their mind and like their mental focus and emotional focus, like pretty much kind of like moved away from that. Like they got, they they found happier lives and weren't dwelling on this negativity of like, you know, they didn't see people walking like all the time and go like, God, I wish I could walk like 24 seven. Like, you know, that's, that's not what happened. They, and so with Bruce Banner's constant stress issues, I'm sure that's heightened his ability to, like, not get angry. And then the idea that, like, you know, the second he gets angry, he turns into the Hulk. Like, it's just kind of an, like, not, it's a super unrealistic idea. So, yes, he accidentally turns into the Hulk beforehand. But, like, I mean, think of what was just happened. Like, something blew up. He thought he was going to die. So, it's sure. kind of a stress result from, like, doing that. But and he's, then he, he had is just not, been wild. Quote, always angry. And he is, he is, quote, uh, not in control of the Hulk, uh, anywhere in this movie well okay just the one time he turned to the hulk on purpose he was in fact in control but he was not in control when he turned the first time uh you're right because right, he thought it was by surprise and his secret of containing the hulk apparently didn't work if he's always angry then he didn't get angry enough to not become hulk at that moment 
Right, but it was like a, it was like a he was gonna die issue. I get, um, kinda, I get what was happening. I'm just saying it, he has no control. Or he, he has, does though has uh, he doesn't have as much control as he would think or like to have. So no, him saying he, that he's always angry and he's just like that's why I'm you know always in control of the Hulk is like no that doesn't fly with me especially when in the same movie you became the Hulk on accident. It's like a stress test because he was going to die. Like, they mentioned earlier, too, is he shot... He tried to kill himself, which is a super dark moment, by the yeah. way. That, like, that's crazy. It's like, yep, uh, so he tried to kill himself what a, and what shot himself. What a great himself. opportunity to use a deleted scene from Incredible Hulk and use it to make it become canon um, in the in this movie. Oh, that was one of them? Yeah. Oh, I did, did not know, know that. Did you not know that? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's, I thought yeah, it was just, like, a moment. Nope, It's it was a deleted scene and. He was, he's actually up in the Antarctic. Uh, they have a uh, Captain America cameo uh, when uh, he becomes a Hulk. So he's in the Antarctic and he he goes to he brings a gun to kill himself and and Hulk just smashes the gun uh, before he can oh. do anything and, and wrecks the whole uh, you know glaciers and stuff. And that's when Captain America shows up for a split hmm. second. So okay, well either either hey. way like yeah like. Yeah, it's it's that idea that this is a life, like it's a life or death reaction, and then like you aren't like because your emotional spectrum isn't like you know I'm always happy, like you know like and like emotions are tinged like you know combination, which the entire point of Inside Out or yeah of, like the in, yeah of Inside Out, but like you know once you get older, like you know your I your your emotions become more complex, so you're not always angry. So like he's probably like baseline always kind of angry about everything. Yeah, like yeah, you're right. But so, if, if it's still it's still a goofy line that it's like it's still a goofy line and that doesn't if, always yeah and, and if we wanted to keep that in in more of the mindset of of this version of Hulk that his heart line and his you know uh, when he gets surprised is more when he becomes the Hulk rather than than anger then why did we get rid of the watch setup that we had so gloriously introduced in the Incredible Hulk movie like he that whole doesn't, aspect he has more control kind of, of it right. He has more control of it. He's getting control. like, he's not, getting apparently so not angry, like that he can't get angry enough to not become Hulk when he's blown up in a ship. That's all I'm saying. I don't I'm think saying. there's like any level of stress control you could like relax yourself <laughs> to to actually prepare yourself for well, that. That's a secret, Potabomb. He's not relaxed. He's always angry. No, no, I'm not Whatever. letting that one slide. Uh, that one was just that was just silly even in the theater i was just like come on but i immediately it was like the coolest moment in the movie anyway so i guess i was like ah all right i'll let it slide until you know several years later where i have to do a podcast yeah surprised how that happens yeah you know you know life so i hate that line uh not as much as um if we can't save the earth then we'll damn well avenge it that I doesn't make sense to me either. They that, just wanted to throw in the line <laughs> "Avenge" in there. That's all they wanted to do. It makes no sense. It's very counterintuitive, Mister Iron Man. Like, yeah, it's like, like hey, all of the of Shakespearean uh, revenge tragedies that like go out out of its way to explain how revenge is something that doesn't help anything, and then it's just like that. That line right there is like the whole like example you need to be like well if the earth is gone then what's the point of you going out and avenging us like you didn't do anything that didn't help also, anyone 
because we're also, gone and blown also, up. Also, what makes you think that you're going to survive the Earth being gone too? Hey, Tony Stark, that's where all your stuff is. <laughs> exactly. Like, how are you going to do anything after that? Captain America can't fly its way. In fact, none of you but Thor can actually fly, and then Iron Man's going to, like, essentially lose power because there's going to be nothing to charge his own suit with. Like, what are you talking about, Iron Man? Like, clearly he's had, like, more drinks than the drink he had there, like, before he got thrown out of a building. Like, that's... Uh. <laughs> it's just so silly. Um, it's so and, yeah. It's just like it's it's such a cool like oh movie moment. Like we threw the title in there, and it's just like you could have thrown yeah. the title earlier when uh, you know you're asking Nick Fury, hey, what should we do? And he should have said we assemble, but of course it never is said anywhere in this movie. But I guess uh, the American version of this movie is called The Avengers, while the British version is called Avengers Assemble. So, I guess... Because they already had an Avengers movie. That's right. That's right. The Avengers Assemble. Um, actually, that that moment um, is actually kind of a cool moment, because I didn't realize what that was supposed to be doing until somebody explained it. So, you kind of have to be a fan to know, like what that dialogue uh right before the avengers title comes up it was supposed to be uh, which one is that so uh the loki just attacks he destroys that whole shield base and uh i think phil colson is radioing into nick fury and he's just like what do we do nick fury and nick fury just stands there like kind of stoic for a second before the avengers title comes up Mm-hmm. So that answer to what are we going to do, Nick Fury, is supposed to be we assemble. Avengers oh. assemble. Right. So that's that's kind of the, the end joke. Uh, I'm always angry and um, we'll avenge it are my two least favorite lines of the whole movie. Um, and then the number one thing that's bad about this movie or that I didn't care for... <clears throat> especially in this last viewing that I watched. I and this one kind of is a is a bigger problem. I think uh Loki's plan and honestly his character arc is pretty pretty weak in this movie. Oh yeah, he's he, he it's all riding on what happened in Thor. It's yeah. just basically like took that and just like, "Well, we're just going to sort of continue it." And it kind of it's like it's a like mumbo jumbo that like, you know, when you're like 3 o'clock in the morning and you're writing a script, you're like, "Oh man, this is brilliant, and then it sees the light of day, and, like, you should delete it, and then Joss Whedon just never deleted it. It's I, like, oh. I don't know if it was that bad, but it was, it's, it's weak. It's just, like... Yeah, it's, it's not it's great. It's like, your, um, your plan is just to bring a military of, of aliens in, and, and just take over the Earth that way? Like, what motivation what's... is odd, that he's like, oh, I want to save you all from freedom, and, like, free will, and, like, yeah. that what, you'll be happier of... if I rule you... Which is odd. Like, he, he obviously wants to rule, like, clearly. Um, which we also get the, like, I'll go to a good, we get, like, a great line of, like, when Thor's, like, you know, asking him, he's like, hey, what, why do you want this? He's like, do you think you're better than everybody? And Loki's like, well, yeah, of course. And Thor's like, then you're missing the point of being a leader. You wouldn't be good at it. Like, he's kind of, like, telling the truth. He's like, Loki's not going to like being a, like, ruler. He's just going to be annoyed at it. Yeah. Um, like but- Scar and Lion King. Yeah, essentially, like, he's not going to enjoy it. But either way, like, his whole motivation is like, yeah, like, he's trying to save people from free will, and it's like, 
just just say you want to like rule the earth. Just say this. Just say straight up say like I want to rule the earth. Uh, I've got an army. Great. That's all we need. We don't need you having like you know extra motivation behind it. This movie is like full to the brim enough, anyways. Like Marvel will have a problem. Um, we've already kind of discussed it a little bit before, but Marvel has a problem with not having good villains, and they're always pretty one-dimensional. Yeah. Um, this is the one of the few times where I could honestly tell you. I don't need a two-dimensional villain. I don't need a three-dimensional villain. I just literally need you to show up with, like, keep threatening to have an army and, like, keep getting our heroes to fight each other. That's it. You well, don't need to I have th- anything. I think they may have chosen the wrong villain to do that, though, because Loki exactly. has a lot of dimension and, yeah, is, is right. this really good? We, I, yeah. I, when we mentioned you bring the Thor up, one. He's... When you bring up the idea that his whole shtick is that he's freeing people of free will or whatever... Uh, that sounds like that's actually supposed to be like a a red skull thing like it's Maybe. as if they took that motivation and like this willingness to conquer and get rid of people's uh freedoms and from yeah. red skull and and gave it to loki instead and i guess loki was the first villain of the avengers like as that team so yeah. um, it's combination of that um and he was like the only good three-dimensional villain that series has ever had that could actually legitimately care support uh like uh like it actually feel like you'd actually need to assemble an entire team to stop him yeah kind of thing so i can see why they did it but like yeah it's just i it's too bad taking a really good three-dimensional villain and then making him kind of one note too bad (laughs) nobody that produced this movie is saying that they made a lot of money from the fact that the Loki and, and people love Loki and that's the thing oh, that bothered me the most it was just like he's the best villain since Joker I'm just like what about him in this movie like was compelling at all I don't the, get it this is the one that was entertaining but I wouldn't say the best he was entertaining no. I yeah, had yeah, fun yeah. with he's him a, he's a but great he's, he's a great actor and he's great presence and it's cool to see him do things but like nothing about fun him lines, did I think like, was yeah. threat- I didn't there wasn't one moment, especially in my first viewing of this, where I was just like, oh, no, he's he's got the Avengers. Like, he... No, he never, he, he never does. Like, yeah, I don't think... Even, even when his plan of of getting Hulk to come out and having all that conflict between all the superheroes, even though that works, uh, at no point in this movie do I feel like, oh, Loki's got the advantage. Yeah, he never planned out his plan well. Like, he, like he, the only reason he got lucky was that everybody happened to be fighting... And he happened to, like, blow up the jets at the right time. And then, then the Hulk happened to turn to the same person. Like, it's all coincidentally based. And, like, if any one of those had happened, at, like, you know, individually, he would not be anywhere. Like, he, he wouldn't have won. He just kind of got lucky. And that's not fun. Right. Um, it's more, yeah, it's much more fun when the villain has the upper hand of, like, you know. And then, yeah, then you're like, oh, man, what's going to happen next? Um, without that, he's just there. And it's just, eh. Yeah, it's just, meh. It, it, it's weak it's what it is it's it's not yeah, it's, it's not great i mean it's great in the fact that it gets the ball rolling for the story but it's not engaging meaty stuff that i can overanalyze and look at even more as the years go by you know it's just it, it's there yep so that's what i got for the bads um i guess we're on our way to the good um, so I guess I'll go on and, uh, talk about this movie for a little bit, uh, with all its goods. Um, I could only find 
two good things, uh, or two good things to list. Um, okay. and th- those are more like elemental things rather than, I don't know, uh, other stuff. Cause I guess I could like start nitpicking good or great moments and list them out on my list. But I well, think I, what an odd way to say nitpicking. Like I know I right? can nitpick you could, good things out of this. Well, if I really here, had to, I okay, could give you good okay, stuff. Here's here would be my third point. Then this movie, this and this is a good point. This movie is filled with little moments that are are great for water cooler conversations where people are, get together and be like, remember this scene? No, no, remember this scene? Remember the when that happened? Like this movie is filled to the brim with memorable tiny moments that people have it, it has become part of our culture of people quoting this movie and uh, uh and and reliving these moments i remember like talking to some guy talking about uh, a puny god and he was like recreating that and he was like explaining it to his dad or something like that and and the dad thought it was really funny and all that stuff like this movie is just filled with just great little moments the the galaga scene uh, uh, Galaga, the, that man right there is playing Galaga, and then you go back to him and he's playing Galaga. Hilarious. Like, all of this movie is just filled with those little moments. And usually I'd cry foul on a movie like this, but for this movie, I don't. There's something about how this movie operates and moves and its kinetic motion where, like, those little moments just add up and create uh, great moments. So, like, my number one good thing about this movie is that in general the movie is slick and that goes from the editing to the directing to the characters to these little moments uh it it, it the movie t- together is tied out and and organized like an essay like you go from one scene that uh, beautifully transitions into the next and uh at nauseum it just keeps going throughout this whole movie so for example one of my favorite scenes is Black Widow, and she uh, beats up everybody while being tied down to the chair. Like, she always had them from the beginning. And uh, she gets back on the phone with Phil Coulson, and she's just like, uh, you know, uh, Phil Coulson's like, oh, I got the big guy, uh, or you got the big guy. And uh, Black Widow's just like, you remember, Tony Stark won't let me talk to him anymore. He's like, I know, I'm going to go talk to Tony Stark. You got the big guy. And then immediately we cut and go to... Uh, Bruce Banner and are are introduced to Bruce Banner. It goes from that, and then uh, the next scene, uh, somebody says something about soldier, and then we get we cut immediately to Captain America, and we're uh, with Captain America, and then from there somebody says something about the ocean, and it's like what characters from the ocean? I don't remember Namor being in this movie, but it doesn't cut to a character that deals with the ocean. It cuts to Iron Man fixing something in the ocean. So like everything is tied together. And like this, it just goes from one thing to the next. The movie's is constantly going, and it doesn't feel like you're getting too much information, like it does with Thor. Um, like the like the camera movements and stuff like that are working together to make something more uh, more flowing and cohesive and and slick. It's just a slick, slick movie. Uh, the second half of the movie doesn't work quite as well in terms of that editing. But um, at that point, you're just in the huge spectacle. And, like, the last hour of this movie is just basically one giant fight scene that um, is is just a ton of fun to watch. 
So, and at that point, you see all the characters interact and work off each other and all that good stuff. So, that's my number one good thing. This movie, every time I want to come into this movie and I want to hate it, I'm just like, oh yeah, there's just filled with these, these stupid scenes. But every time, I can't help it but love it. Um, love how, seeing how this flows together and stuff like that. And it always stems back to like how Hawkeye is introduced. Um, and I, something about that just feels very cinematic to me where they with their call out and he's like oh i hear hawkeye still in his nest or whatever and he's up in this high point and they're like hawkeye we need you and he like slides down this big thing like something about that how that's edited and put together and shot is just very cinematic it's like this movie is just pure cinema all over um i guess it technically isn't pure cinema because you need the dialogue so it's in some ways it's it's the perfect modern movie because you need the dialogue still to understand what's going on and understand a lot of things about the character but it works well uh cinematically yeah and whedon loves his dialogue but this is one of and we'll get into that later as other movies um and i'm not the biggest fan of his at times but man yeah like all this is the dialogue. dialogue this isn't like this is this, this is, is good thing. dialogue oh, right at it's that moment. exactly what it needs to be yeah, and with the right amount of comedy and the reining itself in. Yeah. Again, we'll discuss it later, but it's it's not a comedy. Some of these other Marvel movies will turn into comedies um, yes. with like action comedies. And this it one either work or not its, work. Yeah, and it ha- this one has its comedy, and it's very funny. A lot of the water cooler stuff are funny moments, but they're all different types of comedy too. Even the dialogue, like you know, characters have like drier sense of humors, and some are like you know <clears throat> quippy some are like just like captain america is never actually funny um he never really says a joke but he's funny because like he just doesn't understand some things every once in a while like so he's got the fish out of water and like you just have or like or bruce banner's like we'll tell jokes but they're usually like self-deprecating jokes like they're never mm-hmm. like he's usually telling them because he wants to put himself down because he's at a low point in his life like it works well together so and that's yeah so i'm sorry to interject but i appreciate that out of the movie it's Absolutely. not it's here to be a it's here to be a movie it's not here to be a comedy the, it's here to be a, a superhero movie that has comedy moments and action moments and happy and sad and all that other stuff that good movies have right so um my second point which is i guess my third point because i already went through the other two um comes down to like kind of the difference between uh dc and marvel i had a book at one point that was like stan lee's uh, i don't know it was just a random marvel book and it, one of the things it had was like a column that had like differences between marvel and dc and like it was an attempt to kind of put down dc ish i i don't know um basically those things are out of date by the 60s at this point they're practically the same and how they operate in tell stories but um one thing that uh, the marvel side said was that like not all the heroes were ever on the same page it was it was filled with conflict while uh dc heroes are always together and one and um and you know there's no conflict in between between the heroes themselves and uh that's interesting to put down because these movie or uh, these characters are very strong individual ideologies and it was really great. My favorite scene this viewing was watching that bubble up of all their differences uh, with the with the spiky thing with Loki's uh, pokey stick, whatever that's called. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, see that bubble up, and then how everybody like are is starting to fight each other. It, like to me, that's um, in some ways becomes the ultimate Marvel uh, beacon or thing is you know how teammates or how these individuals uh, counterbalance each other and start fighting against each other and are are radically different. Um, so that scene in general is is probably my favorite. And uh, that bubbling up is is the uh, is in some ways the climax of the movie. Like uh, they go through that, and that's their biggest trial before they finally come together and are able to join forces in order to de- to defeat Loki. Um, I yeah, wish I um, wish it was kind of grander, but at the same time, that is my favorite scene. Yeah, it's a good, it's a really good one of, um, they're all, it's all heightened argument because they're all like, you know, under the influence of this mind thing that's messing with them and making them angrier. But like, these are things they were already thinking before and like kind of half muttered it like, you know, and like how we do in civilized society where, you know, we can disagree with people or like not like them, but we don't ever say it out loud. We just kind of like mumble it or say it behind their backs. Right. Um, And then this just puts it out in the air. So it's a good plot device to like get this out in the open. And (laughs) since... I was kind of, um, I was really excited for this movie because, I mean, there have been, like, what, four years of other good movies to build up to this one, um, and I remember reading, uh, like, there was an interview with Joss Whedon, and he's trying to explain this movie, and he's like, the Avengers are a family. <clears throat> it's like, they're not friends, they're a family, because family are people that you are stuck with, and you don't get to pick their personalities. Like, with friends, you can usually find pretty like-minded people for the most part. It's like, but family are the people that you were stuck in a room with and you should never be in this room with these people, yet somehow you make it work because you're a family. And that's how this works. Yeah. If these people met on the streets, they would never, ever, ever hang out with each other. Except ever. maybe Tony Stark and Bruce Banner. And Bruce Banner. Like, maybe. But Bruce Banner would have, like, never accepted an invitation from Tony Stark, right? The only reason they're friends is because this situation forced them to hang out together. Yes. Otherwise, and like, and Black Widow and Hawkeye were like friends with each other beforehand, but like they weren't in this argument. Like he's, Hawkeye's like not as much of a like character in here, so I'm not going to include that. But anyways, none of these people would ever hang out with each other, but they kind of have to. And that's what family is, is they have to spend time with each other. So yeah, it's that scene where they like, you know, it gets bubbled up, like, it kind of, it works well, because we've all had, we've never, most people have never had that moment, but we've all had moments where we're, like, stuck in, like, some situation, usually with family, and, like, something just snaps in somebody, and it just turns into this whole argument of, like, just nitpicking at each other, and, like, you know, like, saying all the things that everybody's wanted to say, and, like, you know, getting out in the air, like, it's, again, not as escalated as this, but that reaction is pretty on the nose of like what I think is realistic which is what I always love about the Marvel characters is that there's always the saying of like you know or or like you know basically that like Marvel characters are people pretending to be superheroes whereas like DC characters are superheroes pretending to be people these people are like that's their secret identity is secondary to them they are not Steve Rogers doesn't like think he's Captain America like besides, you know, being Captain America, when he thinks about himself and how he does things, he's Steve Rogers. You know, when Tony Stark does stuff, Iron Man's just a facet of Tony Stark. Tony Stark is the actual person. So that's, I always appreciate that. And yeah, that argument scene is so good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Was that your good or was that 
just uh, going that was off just of that. that. That was just a, a pre- <laughs> yeah. It was just appreciation of that scene. Like again, it's I such agree. a good yeah, like, yeah. That's yeah. It's the epitome of right. like how Marvel characters operate. I think like that's yep. like that scene right there. That's it. That's the fun moment of yep when they all like and they all have their like little minute disagreement disagreements and arguments and that like you know but in the end they come back together and be you know a solid team because they're good people like they can put aside their differences to go help save the world yeah like you know more people should be doing in real life yes throw that out there (laughs) 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 we're not talking about anybody specific uh not at all i i would like to take this time to talk about how nazis need to be punched in their stupid fascist face and that's it thank you agreed seven minutes yep that's a go perfect all right perfect okay uh, so I'll go with my good ones then. Okay. Um, this movie does a good job of reintroducing stuff to people who might have never seen the movie. Absolutely. Without beating you on the head about it. Um, Black Widow and Hulk get reintroduced here to I, so I much better than... I also want to point than... out that Captain America also gets reintroduced here to the point where yep. he gets his own flashbacks that the other people don't get. So. Yep. And then Captain America's I, I, movie is also useless in the grand scheme, and they rebooted him in this movie as well. I, I'm, I mean, to be honest, I think the only characters that don't get reintroduced essentially are Iron Man and Thor, and that's yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, everyone else gets reintroduced. Everyone gets, and it's not a, you know, like seeing some kind of chart where everyone sees their powers or like you know Nick Fury's labeling off all the people he wanted on the team. Like it could have been cheap like that, but instead we get like little snippets of these characters and like what makes them what they are yes um in terms of like you know with captain america's reintroduction we get the fact that he has been unfrozen from ice but still does not get this world and has not really tried to go out integrate himself into it right right he's been holding up in a gym just punching bags uh and that's about it like he hasn't really tried um to integrate himself you know black widow we get the great introduction of you know her actually doing good stuff um, and actually, and, you know, that being she's competent, like, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll get more into that. There's a little bit. I'll talk about that later. And then we get Hulk's reintroduction, which is so sad. But it's, like, it's it's great because he knows what's happening um, when Blackwell's trying to recruit him. He knows that if this isn't just a friendly chat. Right. That they're going to take him. And, you know, he's like, how did you find me? And then he has this really sad moment that you never, it never gets mentioned. But it's this, like, sad moment. And she's talking about, like, you know, something about, like, um, like you know, don't worry, we're not going to use you for the Hulk, we want you because you're a scientist. And it's like, you know, you'll get to go, you know, you'll, we'll, well, afterwards, we're just going to let you go back into the world and you don't have to worry about, you'll get what you want. And he walks to this baby carriage, like, an uh, empty baby carriage, and kind of, like, idly pushes it and goes, we don't always get what we want. And that's so sad. Like, yeah. he doesn't get a real very, life anymore. Very subtle way to, to yeah. po- point on his loneliness and he, uh, he could have like been some like monologue of like I didn't get to like you know I wanted to be with you know Betsy Ross and I wanted to do all this stuff instead we just get this really sad moment where he's like he just pretty much like makes it like somewhat pretty obvious of like he wanted a regular normal life and he probably wanted to like have kids with somebody he loved and he doesn't get to do that anymore right. he's stuck in right. some like so like a third world country basically trying to like you know hide from the government and it turns out that he was never actually hiding all along they knew where he was so like yeah so it's just a set like good reintroduction there um so you already mentioned this before but this movie has is really well crafted i would go into the fact that it is really well paced um all the movies Mm -hmm. before this had a serious pacing problem yeah this one even captain america that i love 
Not at all. And None. like it, it flows like clockwork. It's every perfect. scene and, w- has a purpose, and like yep, g- overall every goes- scene comes at about the right time that it should be, and never lingers, and never likes too slow. Like they all, all the other movies have moments where they rush and like slow down. This one is just pretty much like, and yes, it is traditional falls in the three act or five act structure, like pretty much to a T. But just I actually because just watched a video about this movie. Was it lessons from a screenplay? Yeah. No. Yes. Yes, it was. Yep. Yeah. Yes, yep. it was, because I watched that one, too. And I I'd had this moment before that one, but that one just kind of helped solidify it. Um, but, yeah, this movie is paced well. And I will also add to an extra little on top, I am so glad the final act of this isn't stupid. And yeah. it's all these movies have had bad final acts because they've just either rushed to it or it's just kind of been tacked on to a story that doesn't involve it. And the the final battle makes sense, and it's not always going to in the rest of these movies. Um, it hasn't before, and it's not going to in a lot of the other ones after this, where you know, like you know, they like it's pretty much the heroes are punching things for arbitrary reasons. Um, this one they established that, and it's that Loki has an army, and it's not a given that he has an army because so many of these other bad guys are like, well, we have an army because we're bad. Like, ha, we're villains. We have an army. Duh. It's established and teased throughout the movie and built up to you. As, like, it's kind of taking time clock, and also, you know, whenever you forget about it, Loki will conveniently say, oh, I've got an army, and then we see a little bit of build-up, and so when it shows up, it's, one, we've been expecting it, and now it's like, oh my god, this is happening, and two, it comes at the right time, when we're like, oh man, like, they're at the, like, the heroes are at their lowest point, they're not just, it's not just, it just happens because the plot needs to move forward, and I guess we have to have an army fight, because that's how superhero movies end, it works out the way it's supposed to. It's a good fight, too. It's a good 20, 30-minute battle in New York City where they also don't try... It's not about punching the bad guys. It's, we need to contain this so that people don't get hurt. They make it a huge point in this movie about another... Like, there's so many other superhero movies that don't ever try that. It's just like, we need to punch bad guys, and that's how we win the day. This one is, nope, we need to stop this here. Otherwise, these people, are, these aliens are going to run rampant and blow people up. Right. So and it's going go to go across like, the world, not just New Yeah, York City. and they even, like, establish them, like, we need a perimeter so that this is the area. If they, like, go past this one, they're going to hurt people, so move them back. And their goal is, like, I'm not going to punch aliens. Like, nope, we're going to go to areas where there are the most people and try and help them out. Yeah. It's a containment. It's not, I'm going to punch the bad guys because there's a name, there's a faceless evil I can punch. I mean, Hulk does that, but, like, Hulk's the Hulk, like, whatever. So, I appreciate that. And this viewing, I never really noticed it before this viewing, but this viewing, I noticed there are so many good, subtle callbacks to things that happen earlier in the movie that then get paid off later. Yeah. It's astounding. I literally have half a page of them, um, and I'm not going to read all of them, but there are some really good ones. Well, give Um, some examples, yeah. Yeah, uh, Coulson's cellist girlfriend... Uh, is a nice way to, A, humanize Coulson, because he never really had been before that. He was just a secret agent. Mm-hmm. Um, and But it's never, like, beat over the head. You Your first time you hear it's like, barely, you can barely hear it. And, like, Tony Stark barely hears Coulson, like, off in the far end of the room talking about, like, you know, I was seeing this girl, but she moved, so now I can't really see her. And then, you know, then the next time they're talking about it, they're not even continuing the conversation. Like, it's like they're continuing the conversation, and 90% of it was in a different hallway. They're just like, he just, Tony Stark's like, dude, if you ever want to, like, I can take you to Oregon. And Coulson's like, okay. And uh, it yeah, could have just yeah. been, yeah, yeah I know it could have exactly just been normal. What you're talking about. 
And yeah. it could have been a normal conversation, but like you know, if you had been it paying attention, it was like, oh, he's to... talking about the yeah, it's oh. calling a child. And then they followed up a third time. They followed it up a third time when Captain America asked him about like you know because Tony Stark's mad, upset, not mad, upset that Coulson died, and Captain Stark, Captain America asked, was he married? And he says no, but there was a cellist in Portland. Like yeah, it's just yeah. these little things like he that. Knew. He um, knew exactly. Um. Black Widow pretending to be dumb and to get information out of people. Yeah, I, it's don't, not I knew men- that one coming in. Yeah, twice. that one's... I mean, you that knew that one, obvious. but, like, it's not mentioned, and it's not, like, part of her stats list. It's not, like, oh, she's a great, like... Like, it's she's great at interrogation, right? It's kind of, like, a nice little trick reveal. Like, at the very beginning, she dupes this guy into telling her, her information, and then she does it to Loki again. Yeah. And you, the audience, are surprised, but you're not super surprised because it's been hinted at before and given to you. Yep. Um... Fury mentions that with the right in the very beginning to like the Security Council, he mentions that the Avengers with the right push would become the heroes they need right, to be. Right. And then lo and behold, Coulson dies yep, and literally and that says the right that, like that got him. you need the right push and like yep. And he mentions that um, Cap, there's another part where Cap misses like when they're fighting each other like the huge argument scene. Cap mentions the fact that like Tony Stark would never be the person to lay lays down life on the line and sacrifice himself. And Iron Man kind of, like, gives a non-committal answer. Kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like, I'll never have to worry about that. And he kind of does it in that, like, later in that scene with the propeller, um, in the helicarrier propeller, where he's almost about to, like, get hit. But he's got a backup plan there. So it kind of doesn't count. However, it counts later with the nuke that he's the exact person that comes back in there and makes the call of, I'm going to sacrifice myself. Right? We teased it up beforehand that, you know... Captain America thinks very little about Tony Stark. Right. And that Tony Stark he keeps thinking he'll, like, you know, sneak his way out of it. But when it, like... And he keeps saying, I'm not a team player. I wouldn't do stuff like that. And then when the time comes, he actually does it. Right. Um, and, you know, there's little fun ones, like Captain America... Like, Nick Fury's $10 bet with Cap. Yeah. Uh, yep. The, like, 10 bucks I wouldn't do. Like, I see something that amazes you. And there's no, like, Cap's like, well, here's your $10. He just, like, silently hands him the 10 bucks and walks away. Right. Um... We have Coulson's, like, Captain America cards that get used later. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Just all these, like, little, Everything little has a tiny payoff, things. Has a, has yes. a, a introduction and payoff. Everything. And they're not beaten over the head. Mm-mm. They're not smashed into your head of, and so if you get it, great. If you don't, this movie, it's kind of like a good mystery. Um, a good mysteries are always written that with the idea that you can't you can't like just make things appear out of nowhere. Right. Um, you had to have some like callback and this is exactly like that. So I you also so appreciate it. Got that off of video we just watched recently, didn't you? You watched the Harry Potter uh, video. I know it bef- I know it beforehand, but yeah. <laughs> that's where it like popped up recently. Yeah. Sorry. That's a, that's a really good video. And maybe yeah. maybe the next one we do of these are Harry Potter movies because I could talk about how much I love Chamber of Secrets, uh, a ton. I love that movie because yeah, I like of that I like it up to the third movie and then the seventh, and I just didn't care about any of the others. Sure, yeah, it's not at but all. The, um, but the Chamber of Secrets to me was like the perfect mystery because it built up to something that was really grand and and yep, yeah, and had all the callbacks and you go, oh wow, that's yeah, good. And, yep. yeah, uh, you're so. right. and just like the video said, that whole movie played fair the whole time. Yep, yeah, and right. this is plays fair with all of its callbacks. Yes, um, it does. Yeah, this movie, yeah, absolutely, 100 percent does not try and trick you in any way, shape, or form. 
that in a way that it does not tell you beforehand. So I that's what I loved about this viewing. Um, but I just love this movie so much. I, it's such a good one. I I, I agree. Um, I think there's no you know going being coy about it now. We're just gonna go straight to the rating, aren't we? Yep. Go first. Okay. So. Uh, just for everybody to know, we go by the Netflix rating. Uh, one star means we hate the movie. Two stars means we didn't like it. Three stars means that we liked it okay. Four stars means we really liked it. And five stars means we loved it. So, I uh, always want to go into the Avengers. I always want to hate it every time because it's just like, ah, oh, it's a bunch of stupid moments. But it's such a great time. Every time I watch it, I have a ball. Um, and... It's it's because of these things that it works very cinematically. This movie works uh, to a T every time with the payoffs and the editing, the slickness. It's just all around a great time. And honestly, in the top 10 of one of the greatest superhero movies of all time, I give this a 4.5 out of 5. Wow, high up. Uh, you guys stole my thunder because I was literally going to give it the same thing. Um this is 4.5 for me. So this is the best introduction of Avengers movies I think we could have possibly gotten. I mean, there's always the idea that grass is greener on the other side. Like, you know, maybe somewhere in some other way, this could have been like some Oscar nominated movie that like, you know, made everybody in the world happy and like saved, like, you know, ended world hunger or whatever. Um, but there's, if you could have been so much worse. Uh, and this is just a really, really, really good movie. Um, easily top five of my favorite superhero movies. And again, this this could have been so much worse. But the fact that we got such a good movie out of this is mind-blowing. So, yeah, 4.5. Like, like I said it's, before, I think this is the epitome of what a Marvel movie is and what it should be. Um, yep. And up and down to the very point of having Stan Lee in his cameo look straight to the camera and go superheroes in New York City give me a break when superheroes very much live and breathe and will die in New York City they are the perfect this is the perfect Marvel movie this is one of the perfect superhero movies if you're watching one you will watch this one in my yeah, opinion seriously if you have to start anywhere and for some reason you don't want to like watch as many of them you want to try like shortcut it this movie is not only a good introduction to all the Marvel movies, this is just the one of the best ones. So, if that's not I, enough of a glowing recommendation from us, then, like, I don't know what is, because this is, this movie is so good. I'm not sure, once we get through this whole series, I'm not sure where I'll rank this as uh, part of the MCU or Marvel movies. I know I have other Marvel movies I like more. I like uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. I love X-Men 2 more than this movie. Um, but in general, this is high up there as one of the best representations of what Marvel is supposed to be. In my opinion. I'm not the Marvel nut, but... Uh... I mean, you're not wrong. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. not... It's pretty much... Like, I, keep, I, keep, I keep saying how much I love this movie, but it's actually that good. Yeah. So, I, yeah. please go watch it. And you, you haven't already. I, I, I feel like... I, I somewhat uh, can have a trusted opinion on this one since how hard of a sell I've been on the series so far. Uh, yeah, none of my other ratings has reached a four yet. So so to go 4.5, which is 
almost pretty much as perfect as like and, you're ever going to say yeah and only two movies on here has uh, gotten a three or above so on my list so um so like even though i'm not gonna say that i'm the person that you have to trust with movie opinions i'm a tough sell on this series uh because i i have an idea of what a superhero movie should be and um and a lot of these i feel like don't reach that standard uh this one as much as i want to hate it uh very much does reach that standard and it's almost a perfect movie so there you have it the the naysayer himself gives it a 4.5 yep that's that's right so next week we'll have iron man 3 for you folks and then um yeah we're just gonna well we'll talk about it i guess well that's all we'll do be like we'll we'll be like doing like a podcast like yo (laughs) (laughs) like usual so like like Yep, what are we going to do next week, Kirk? Same thing we do every week. Do a podcast about a Marvel movie. <laughs> we're Potsy, we're Potsy, we're Potsy and the Pete's 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 Well, I think that's as good of a sign-off as other. I'm Kirk Peterson. And I'm Alex Potabon. And we'll see you next week in Pots versus Pete's. Right, that was good. The, the marvelous morons. Am I gonna do that? No. no, 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 no All right, no. whatever. That's yeah, fine. See you next week, folks. Excelsior. This has been Pops versus Pete. The music was made by the invincible Aquila Galusha, while this episode was edited by the astonishing Will Dodds. And your main contestants, the amazing Alex Potabom and the uncanny Kirk Peterson. Thank you, True Believer, for listening.